The following is a Feltnout production. To find out more, visit feltnout.co.uk. What's up, what's up, what's up? <coughs> it's your boy, Young Clear in his throat. Young had bad allergies all day because we're getting the kitchen refurbished. Young fresh off supporting Goldie looking chain. Um, little haven't drank enough water a day. Young probably going to take a break at some point during this first segment to blow my nose. Jack Fox. <laughs> How's it going, man? What a fucking week since the last time I spoke to you guys. I'm a fucking mess. I've already coughed. I can hear my nose. My voice is so nasally today. We're getting our kitchen redone and there's just dust everywhere in the house. And I feel like if I talk for too long, it'll um it like rattles my nose. I know that's a fucking ridiculous thing to say. And really you can't see us. Also, I'm shirtless again because it's just too hot. But this is the sound of me kind of rubber blowing my nose I'm really sorry it's kind of disgusting but I feel like it's only going to get worse from here out because this is the first day that they've started to work on the kitchen so it's only going to get more dusty so I'm going to, so by the end of the week I'm just going to be like dead probably not going to be able to breathe uh, so I thought I'd record today and get it over with um, getting the kitchen refurbished makes you realise you know like if you hurt your pinky finger and then you're like oh it's okay I'll just like tape it up, like, uh, like uh, you get a cut on your pinky finger, and then you put, like, a plaster on it, and you're like, oh, sorry, it'll heal in a day or something, and then you go throughout your day and realise how much you actually use your pinky finger, obviously you use your kitchen, but I always figure, like, I'm in there, I'll look in the fridge, I'll get a drink, I might get a bowl of cereal, then I dip, and I'm out, and then that's it, but no, you just, like, kitchen's, like, the centre of the house, like, you don't realise how much you use your kitchen until you're unable to use it, and uh, especially because our kitchen like leads to our outside, and it's been quite nice. And we've been trying to fucking let the cat. Oh, gonna let the cat out the front and round the side gate. I'm telling you way too much about the outline of my house right now. But what a pain! What a day! Uh, honestly, it's been a fucking nightmare. We've had to move everything, everything out of the kitchen. Uh, that includes like uh, the fridge. The washing machine, every single thing in any cupboard. So our fridge is in the hallway, which isn't where fridges are supposed to be. And everything in our kitchen, everything in our kitchen is in our sitting room. Microwave, kettle, toaster, George Foreman, cups, glasses, biscuits, pot noodles, cereal, sauces, salt... Pepper, vinegar, peanut butter, Nutella, you name it. Cutlery, washing up liquid. Supposed to be in the kitchen, is in the sitting room. My nana has attempted to get into the kitchen to use the kettle four times today already. Despite getting up out of her chair, walking past the kettle in the sitting room to go to the kitchen. To then, me and I'm looking at each other. We're just going to let her do it because we're sick of fucking explaining. She's tried four times. We've explained to her that she can't go in the kitchen ten times. 
She stands up, me and my mum look at each other. Would you like a cup of tea, pet? Sure, no, no. I've never drank tea in my fucking life, but yes, fuck it. For the sake of this, I'll have a cup of tea. She, she walks past the kettle, into the hallway, past the fridge in the hallway, goes to open the kitchen door, which is locked from the outside, and has tape around where the door and the like, extension of the door meets. We hear her try to open the door, and then we just hear a little pause, and then there'll be a shout from the hallway. I can't get in the kitchen. You know why? Do you know why, Edna? Because I've already told you 12 times today that we're getting the fucking kajiri finished! <sighs> fucking hell, man. Well, you've still got to be able to get in the kitchen where I want to make a cup of tea. You've just walked past the kettle. You've just stood up. We've got a metal kettle. Bars. We've got a metal... You can see your own reflection in the kettle. She stood up, looked at herself in the kettle, gave herself one of these, you know, like a snap your fingers and point, looked in the kettle and thought, I'm going to go to the kitchen, put the kettle on and make a cup of tea. To herself, in a reflection, in the kettle, in the sitting room. Well, how, well, well, how we're going to, how we're going to, Eat, we haven't got any any food. What did we spend all day yesterday doing? To, and why have you just stood up in the middle of a pile of biscuits? Because everything from the kitchen is right next to you in the sitting room. You've walked past the fridge in the hallway to get to kitchen. And the kitchen closed. Oh, we've still got to eat. I know. Put something in the fucking microwave. Or we'll order Chinese. This bitch. And me mum, you know, me mum. <sighs> if you know me, you know, I, I do. Me and my mum have a special relationship, whatever, X, Y, Z. I love my mum. I know a lot of people don't get on with their parents. You know all about my dad, what happened there. I love my mum to death. But fucking hell, man. This lady is airheaded. The amount of times my mum... Just today, this happens all the time, but just today, especially when we're not allowed, we can't go through the kitchen to the outside. The amount of times my mum leaves her phone in a different room to where she is. Then when it rings, she can't hear it, because she's 60 on Saturday. So I have to stop what I'm doing, never mind, I have to, if, even if I'm just fucking sitting, watching TV, or even if I'm sitting doing nothing... I have to stop what I'm doing, get up, find me mom's phone, find her, and give it to her. Now, if that happened once, twice, three times, fine. If it happens four or five times a day, a day, I'm pissed. Okay? I'm pissed. And somehow, it's my fault that I'm pissed at her for not having a phone on her person. Because women. I didn't really say that. Don't cancel us. But because women. But don't cancel me. But that's because women. That's how women get you. Don't cancel us. Wasn't really me saying that. This clip has been edited. Oh, hey. Can you tell I woke up a bit pissed off today? <laughs> Fucking hell, man. 
my mum and I love her to death, but fucking hell, man, she's very self-centred. I guess that's probably where I get it from as well, because I'm selfish. But, like, you know, I'll do anything, anything, a sort of an achievement, the goalie looking chain thing, and she'll be like, oh, okay, anyways, we're getting the kitchen done tomorrow. I think, all right, man, let us just fucking... <sighs> Whatever. Whatever, man. I am looking forward to the kitchen being thing. I know it sounds stupid, and I know that I'm so clearly in my 30s now, but I'm looking forward to the kitchen being done because everything in this house is, like, 100 years old. No even bullshit lying. Everything's super old in this house. So I'm looking forward to something being somewhat modern. You don't care about my kitchen, I know, but I'm telling you anyways. Hopefully, this time next week, when I do another podcast, we can, we'll be near completion. Jesus Christ! Oh, my nose, man. Anybody, if anybody out there that has remedies that work for bad allergies, kind of hair fever, I guess, but I guess the dust in here doesn't help. But, um, Oh my god, man, I woke up like three or four times during the night, like sneezing fits, scratchy throat. In fact, I'm going to have to take another drink now because my throat's so dry. Oh. Oh, it's fucked, man. It's fucked. It's not COVID either. It's not COVID, I guarantee. Don't feel like COVID because I had COVID before and it was bad. It was bad. Uh. Boy, I have just fucking blasted through 10 minutes here. That's not even really what I wanted to talk about. Obviously, I wanted to talk about the big deal that happened this week, which was uh, Man United beating Leeds 5-1. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, which was me supporting Goldie Luck and Chain at the O2 Academy. Uh, so I guess, I guess I'll talk about that after a very quick word from our sponsors. Support for Tired and Inspired is once again brought to you today by SmoothMyBalls.com Come on guys, you all know the crack by now, you all know what's going on. Head to SmoothMyBalls.com forward slash Tired for some exclusive offers or just enter the promo code Tired at checkout for 15% of your total order. It's 2021 man, we've got to look like we're in 2021. Trim that area up. Make your girlfriend or your boyfriend happy. Girlfriends and boyfriends out there that are listening, maybe buy this as a gift for your significant other if you want to as well. And help support this podcast and get 15% of your order at smoothmyballs.com forward slash tired or enter tired at checkout. While I've got you here, 27th and 28th of August, I'm at Laurels in Whitley Bay. 2nd of September, me and Sam Thomas are playing at Ziggy's in South Shields. The 4th of September, I'm at Time Bank Brewery with It's All Goods, Jack Fox rap set. 6th of September, Beyond Funny at Beyond Vinyl in Newcastle. 14th of September at Bobix in Newcastle, headlining that one with new material. It's all going on, it's all going on. Check social media. I'm about, I'm about. Come see me. Lots of things going on, quite frankly, quite overwhelmed because Christina's coming over as well. It's going to be all one I'm going to lose my time. And we are back up in this bitch with the fan noise in the background. Yeah. Uh, back up in this bitch while I blow my nose once more. Oh. Uh, what's up? What's up? Yeah, Christina's coming over soon, man. I'm not going to lose my temper, but I'm just going to be a bit overwhelmed, I think. And uh, I think she's going to 
find it incredibly boring to come to all my gigs. But anyways, speaking of gigs, how's that for a segue? Uh, I supported Goldie Luck and Chain, innit? On Saturday, what an experience, man. Now, I know I've been critical before when people have had opportunities like this. And they've kind of blown out of proportion, right? I know Goldie Luck and Chain aren't like fucking... I don't know who's the equivalent rap group these days. I don't even fucking know. TDE, like with Kendrick Lamar and all them guys. I know they're not like the hottest group out. They never really were. They were kind of a joke. And they're just a couple of blokes doing silly rap songs. That's fine. But also, they're still selling out venues around the country. To people who... Like silly, stupid shit, and also like hip hop music. Now, do you understand how on point of a demographic that is for my kind of songs? With who, what, my songs are like drenched in hip hop roots, boom bap, and all that stuff. And obviously, my lyrics are fucking ridiculous and over the top and stupid and whatever. It's a perfect match made in heaven. And I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that experience. Um, I've played at the Academy many, many times with Hivemind before. I remember the first time I had a gig there. It wasn't with Hivemind. It was with... Uh, probably Rainfall Down, I guess. I don't know. I can't remember all them years ago. And uh, it, I played my own headline gig there with Hivemind and sold a load of tickets. Didn't, didn't quite sell out, but sold a load of tickets and was proud of that. Um, but this was like a thing I set... A goal I set for myself was to like play at the O2 Academy as Jack Fox. Uh, and I did. And... I got this super. Well, I got. They asked me to be there for four o'clock. I wasn't on stage until eight o'clock, so I had to get there four hours early. But I understand you get there early, whatever. Um, and I was all done, sound checked, and everything by like twenty past four. Uh, and I, I mean, if you listen to this and you've played the Academy before upstairs, Academy Two wasn't the Academy One, but uh, on the side of the stage is like a tiny little sort of a waiting room, which I guess bands and acts use to literally like stand in just before they go on there's like a mirror in there a seat a fridge so i guess you can put like drinks in there for when you come off stage and stuff and i that's what i've always used as a dressing room when i've played there because just a local band get a little bit we'll put all the gear in there all of our equipment all of our bags and stuff leave it there fine so i figure that that's my dressing room I, I know that sometimes when bigger bands play there and they play upstairs, they get the dressing rooms downstairs, like the big dressing rooms. So I thought, there's fucking nine members of Golden Look and Chain, they're going to have them, okay, fine, whatever. I, uh, I sound check and everything, I go and check in with uh, Jordan Ditchburn, who is the on-site production manager, whatever it's called. And he was like, no, 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 you're in dressing room two downstairs. I was like, what the fuck? Went in and, it's a dressing room, man. I had my own shower. Uh, I had a fridge filled with, well, it was filled with beers, but I, I was like, I don't drink alcohol, so they swapped it out for water. Uh, shit hot Wi-Fi signal, a couch. Uh, I had a place to hang up all my clothes because I had a, a big mirror. Like, I know it sounds really fucking stupid. I have my own name on the door, man. You open the door, it said Jack Fox Dressing Room. And I know that, <clears throat> this is another thing I'm critical of as well, is when acts get an opportunity like this, try and act like you like you belong there, like you've been there before, that this isn't, you know, overwhelming or whatever, but it wasn't really overwhelming, man. I just felt really fucking comfortable, man. I felt really sound. I felt good. Uh, and you have to walk through Academy 1 to get upstairs to Academy 2. 
and Academy One's empty, and it just looks like a fucking huge space. And obviously, I've seen loads of gigs there. I've never played on that stage myself, but seen loads of gigs there, and it's just like one day, man, <laughs> one day. Uh, and it was just cool, man. Like after I did the sound check, and then I got back to my room and I hung I hung up my clothes so they're gonna all like you know they're not all crumbled and stuff when I go on stage. Uh, went and got something to eat, got a subway, and a, I got a little bit from Greg's as well because I'm fat. And then I went back to uh, the academy and I sat in my dressing room. I was eating a Greg's. I was drinking a free water. And I had the football on my laptop and I was like, this is, I've paid so many dues. I've just bit my tongue and it really hurts. Son of a bitch. I have paid so many dues and played in so many shit venues in order to be able to sit and eat a Greg's and watch the football match before going and playing to a sellout crowd. Um, and then time came to do the gig, and I was setting up. I have a little like slideshow on my laptop with all the songs on and stuff. Super easy to set up, and I was setting everything up. And there was people in the front row who weren't even from Newcastle. They travelled down to see Golden Gun Chain that were like shouting Jack Fox and wanted to see. <laughs> fucking wild man. And also, this is a strange one. This is a strange one, right? Every time I've played the... Well, I've played the Academy sometimes to no one. But every time I've played the Academy when there's been a significant crowd in there, there's always, always, always one person right at the very front on the barrier who's so fucking mortal he doesn't even know what day it is. It's always a bloke. I'm not being sexist. It's always a guy. And I just don't understand what it is. I mean, I bought after the gig, I bought myself a pint of Pepsi as they go, congratulations. And even the people behind the bar were saying they enjoyed my set. It was very nice. It was £4.20. I'll repeat that. A pint of Pepsi at the O2 Academy is £4.20. So if this guy in the very front is fucking mortal off his face, I would hate to see what his bank account looks like. I just don't get it, man. I do not get the fascination with getting absolutely fucking mortal every time. Whatever. Anyways, but he was there and he had one of those, like, hula things on. You know, like, where people in Hawaii were. And he threw it at his halfway through. I don't know, man. It was fucking crazy. And then people saying really, really nice things afterwards, man. One guy pulled us aside after I got off stage. Because I got off stage and then I went downstairs to have a minute to myself. Get changed. I always bring a change of t-shirt with us. As I've said before, on this podcast, when I come off stage, I like to have a minute to myself. Uh, and I went back upstairs, and people were pulling me, asking for photographs, pulling me aside. One guy pulled me aside and said, I remind him of Stig of the Dump mixed with Luna C. And that is a fucking compliment, man. Stig of the Dump is one of the first rappers out of Newcastle that I'd heard of. And he's a fucking legend, man, around these, these parts. And obviously, Luna C is one of my favourite rappers about and about at the minute. So, I meant a lot, man. That meant a lot, and just nice to... See, the thing is, when you play to people who like hip-hop music, they'll appreciate it and listen to it, you know, when you play these things to people in bars, they don't give a fuck, but... Crazy, man. Just such a... And then, since then, like, yesterday... Uh, that was on Saturday, right? So, today's Monday, so yesterday, spent most of the day getting, sh- out, getting shit out of the kitchen, so I don't really have time to think about it, but today, I've kind of been on a downer, man, because I got a glimpse of it. You know what I mean? I'm not asking to be fucking headlining Glastonbury, selling out arenas or anything. I want to. I want to work. I want to do the work. 
I want to do the work. I want to support somebody like that on tour throughout the country, gain a fan base, go on a smaller tour myself in front of those people, maybe coax a few more fans, and then eventually work. I want to do the work. And I'm so determined, and I'm so... What else is there to do? What else is there to do other than do the work? I can sit in my bedroom and fucking cry about it, the fact that I'm not where I want to be. Or I can just fucking do it. I understand it's not as simple as just going out and doing the work. I have to be good at it. I have to put out songs as well and videos that hopefully are entertaining or whatever. I've got to do the work and it's all I want to do, man. And I'm trying. I'm trying. I've sent emails. I've sent messages today. Trying to get on clutching on anything that's going. I'll fucking do it, man. I'll do anything. Uh, one of the guys from the... Golden Chain actually followed me on Twitter just before I started recording this podcast, so maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll message him. I don't know, but um, I don't know who's listening to this. I don't think many people are who were well, like uh, who were involved with like Geek Jordan or whoever the Golden Chain lads are. I don't suppose they are listening to this, but thanks very much for the opportunity. Um, afterwards, I hung around a bit. Afterwards, uh, I tried to uh, get rid of some of the uh, not get rid of that's the wrong term, but I tried to you know give away some of the uh, football sticker prints and badges and stuff, just try and get my name out there. Lots of people are saying lots of nice things. Somebody was saying that they want to book me for their gig that they play. I was like, okay, fine, cool, whatever shows your tits. Uh, I didn't say that, psych. Um, and then afterward, then after everything was done, went back downstairs, uh, met Goldie Luck and Chain, took some photos with them, which, by the way, they have the weirdest like pre-gig ritual. So I was sitting in my dressing room. They were late, actually. They got stuck in traffic. So when they did get there, there's nine or ten of them in the whole entourage. So you can hear them all bonding and all speaking Welsh. Okay, fine, whatever. Uh, kind of said hello to them, you know, just in passing. I know they're getting ready for the gig, whatever. And then I came off stage and went back downstairs to the dressing rooms. And... Before you walk down the corridor to the dressing rooms, there was like a door. So I'm on the outside of the door. And I can hear them full pelt, full volume, on 10, singing Ding Dong Merrily on high. Ding Dong Merrily. Just singing like Ding Dong Merrily on high. And they were filling in the blanks with some private joke or something, I guess. And I was like, really? This is your pre-gig? And I opened the door and it's just like... Nine forty-year-old blokes in full Adidas tracksuits, glasses, fake chains, pinky rings, ding dong merrily on high, all like hyping each other up and doing star jumps and shit. Yeah, it was cool, man. It was cool to see. And then we were kind of shooting the shit and taking the piss and whatever. And then after the gig, I got to meet a few of them, take some pictures with them. And then uh, I was with my friend Stephen Miller. Uh, we kind of hung out a little bit. And then as we were leaving. I went and got paid. <laughs> I'm not telling you how much I got paid, but it was not a lot. Of money. Think of how much and not a lot of money is to get paid for a gig at the O2 Academy. Okay, now take away 50, and then we're probably about right. Um, that's no fault of the academies, though. That was the deal. The deal was to get a percentage of how many tickets I sold. I didn't sell many tickets because I didn't have a lot of time. And my friends are dicks, but neither here nor there. Um, fucking then I left the academy so it was quite late it was probably around half 11 midnight when I actually left the academy and I parked around the back and as I went around there was two people who were there who were hanging like right at the back of where artists leave getting autographs signed signed vinyls from Golden Hunting Chain and uh, you know as I came around I waved at them hi nice alright lads like I waved to the Golden Hunting Chain lads and then the two people it was a couple a lad and a lass and then this last just started going on, oh, where are you from? Oh, I'm from South Shields. And then she was like, oh, have you been to the gig now? I was like, I was, 
was playing the gig. What the you know? I said, oh no, we came late and we're beating another gig, and then we came. And I was like, okay, fine. Oh, you're from South Shields. Yeah, I'm from South Shields. Oh, do you know this gentleman? And I was like, oh yeah, actually, no, I know he's quite tall and he has dark hair. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I know him. Yeah, yeah it's a weird, small world, eh? And she was like, oh yeah, that's my that's my ex boyfriend. And I was like, oh, okay, fine, whatever. And I didn't obviously at the time didn't realize this guy that she was with was a current boyfriend. And then this last just starts telling us. Oh yeah, so this mutual friend. So this, let's say the ex-boyfriend's name is. I can't think of a boy's name other than his real name. Let's say this boy's name's Alex. That's not his real name. Not going to say his real name. But this Alex, and then she was going, "Oh yeah, Alex like, keeps ringing me and saying that he still loves us and wants us back." And I'm like, "Okay, like I don't know him that well. I only played football with him a few times." And she's like, "Yeah, you know, we were together for like five years. Do you know Chichester in South Shields?" So yeah, she's like, oh yeah, he lives there. And I was like, all right, man, I don't want to know where he lives. Like I don't. And I was like, who's, who's the guy that you're with? She's like, oh, it's my boyfriend, Tim. And I was like, it's your boyfriend. You're standing here talking, bragging about the fact your ex-boyfriend that we both know, Alex, is calling you daily, saying he loves you, wants you back, and you're standing with your current boyfriend. And her current boyfriend was like, yeah, man, it's cool, man, I'm chilled out. I was like, well, of course you are, because you're still tapping it. But you know what I mean? Have some self-respect, dude. Ding dong, merrily on high. No, it was a cool experience, man. Really cool experience. Um, and I really hope to get to do it again very soon. Uh, I was talking to my friend afterwards, Stephen, um, who, you know, we were saying, he was saying that he, he was watching the show and he really enjoyed it. He thought I was really good. And I was like, that's very nice of you to say, so thanks very much. Um, and I was like, the perfect fit for that gig. But it's such a niche, like such a niche leg of hip-hop like the comedic sort of funny style parody whatever is so niche like i'm not i'm not a parody i think i can fucking wrap my rap i said wrap my dick around <laughs> i can wrap my dick around all the rappers in the northeast you know what i mean but i'm also kind of funny with it i don't know man, whatever this is i'm going into some deep psychological shit now but it was an amazing experience and now i'm kind of bummed about it because i was really looking forward to it and it came and went and i felt so comfortable I didn't feel out my depth, didn't feel nervous, I was walking on stage, did my thing, felt confident, hopefully it came off that way, I felt good man, extra large big dick energy, felt really good, and uh, yeah, just really hope to get to do it again sometime soon, either at Newcastle or a different venue or for a different act or for a different band, uh, cool experience man. Really cool. Thanks to everybody that uh, came out and made it special. So, you know, friends did come out to see me and it, it meant a lot. And lots and lots of people sent messages. and Which is which is what I'm talking about, man. It's not like I fucking, you know, got tour support for Eminem or something. I played a gig with Goldie Luck and Chain at my local academy. Like, it's not, you know, whatever. But I think people appreciate the fact that I put a lot of work into what I've been doing. And it's it paid off for a little bit. So, thanks very much, man. Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, so I, I I control everything from the stage, which is when I, when I play live, like I have the I have the little slideshow, and uh, the sound tech at the academy, who I forget the name, what she was called, but she's also from South Shields, and a few other people asked me why I have a, like a little slideshow on my laptop when I play live, and why I don't have a DJ, and I'll break it down for you. I'll break it down for you. 
Firstly, I'm not getting paid. I'm getting paid pittance anyways. What, am I going to split the 50-50 with someone? No. Didn't have to. Can do it myself. And also, I don't need anybody to... I don't need anybody to do that for us. I literally just need somebody to press the play button. All my shit's already done. I got my videos all set up to play at the right time. All my little skits, all my little interludes. Just need to press the play button. I'm not paying somebody half my money to press the play button. Also, if I've learned anything from being in a band with the four, pe- three people I'm in a band with, it's I don't rely on people. People will let you down. People will drop out last minute. I, I, I was semi-joking about the hive mind thing. They're cool. But people will let you down last minute. People will drop out. People will have not rehearsed. People will have forgot gig dates. People will double book themselves, etc. Do it all yourself. and it's The mistakes are all on you. The wins are all on you. The losses are all on you. I don't have to rely on anybody. Nobody's picking me up. Nobody's turning up late. Nobody's got the wrong dress code. Nobody's got the wrong sat-nav address, etc., etc. Also, finally, probably the main reason I don't have a DJ with us is because it's kind of funny to see me trot from one side of the stage over to the other just to press the space bar on my laptop. Let's be real now. It's kind of funny. Because it's stupid and it's a dumb idea. So stop fucking asking us why I don't have a DJ. Alright? I don't need a DJ. I'm my own fucking DJ. I do everything myself. Got the weight of the world is on Fox's shoulders. How can I move when the grass is filled with long cobras? You understand? <laughs> the first half of this podcast I was really angry. Now the second half I'm kind of feeling myself. <laughs> I'm have another drink here. I also kind of realised the last few podcasts haven't really been that funny. Especially now that gigs are starting to come back. I'm kind of just starting to use the, pod- the podcast as a clutch for promoting gigs. And then talking about gigs. Um, I, I, I just had a fucking mad week, man. Like Thursday, I headlined at Tinker Smith's and that was crazy. Seeing all my friends there and seeing people sing along to my songs and stuff, man. It's just such a trip. And then Friday, I was meant to be gigging with Sam Thomas. We're doing the Frets and Fox thing. That got cancelled because the venue's electricity went off. Got a text halfway through the day to say, can you host a quiz at number two church lane in Sunderland anyways? Yes, I can. Cha-ching, thanks very much. Hosted a line of duty quiz. That went fine. Uh, didn't get any free food. It's fine. It's for what am I going to ask for free food? If the offer is, I'll take it. If they don't, then fine. It's fine. And then Saturday was Goldie Luck and Chain. Sunday we're clearing the kitchen. Monday I'm sneezing recording podcasts. Tomorrow I'm playing at the Central in Gated doing a comedy set. Wednesday I'm hosting a quiz again. Thursday I've got band practice with Hive Mind. Friday we've got a day off. Saturday's my mum's birthday. Sunday we're watching the football. And then we're back to next Monday. That's how we do it. Then next week there's fuck all on. Friday and Saturday I'm doing Whitley Bay. Laurels for felt note, and the week after, Christina comes over. It's all fucking happening, and in the meantime, I'm gonna try and get some more Goldie Luck and Chain support slots. And before you fucking know it, there's me, Pyramid Stage, at Glastonbury. <laughs> oh man, I just want to do it forever, you know. And if I do it forever, if I end up on a fucking tour or whatever, you goddamn right, I'm taking. This very microphone on tour with us, and I'm recording this fucking podcast in my car. 
every week for you guys. We're almost at 1,500 downloads, which I think is in like half the time of when we reached 500. I think, maybe, I don't know, fucking know, who cares. Once we get to 2,000, that'll be nice. I didn't do any merch for the 1,000 downloads because nobody seemed to care about it and it's very expensive, so whatever. <sighs> kind of feeling myself now, kind of feeling myself. I just think I'm good at what I do. <laughs> Alright, man. This is going to get me in trouble if I keep going. Um, I had some more stuff to talk about, but I've already went on far too long. I'll save it for next time, I guess. Next week after I've done... Uh, what did I just say I was doing? A gig tomorrow in Gateshead. It's my mum's birthday at the weekend. Uh, I want to start hosting regular quizzes, by the way, on a Wednesday at the Pavilion in Newcastle. Regular income. Yay. Alright, man. Fucking suck my dick, man. I'm the best rapper in the world. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, thanks for all the support this week. It's been really nice. And uh, until next time, man. Until next time. Stay safe out there. The Rona is still kicking about. Stay safe out there. That was a Feltnout production. To find out more, visit feltnout.co.uk. I'm filling myself. I'm filling myself. I'm filling my, filling my, filling my. Remember when Beyonce was like the biggest thing in the world? Actually, she's she's still pretty sick. The Lemonade album's pretty good. Uh, okay, bye.